Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from a 22-year executive at Apple on what hardware startups can learn from one of the biggest product companies in the world. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Michael Hagelow to the show. Michael spent 22 years from Apple from 1988 to 2010. He's the author of Live from Cupertino, a book about how Apple created their winning messaging. Michael also was the managing director of Little Bits, a great hardware startup success story. He's now the Executive Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at Indian River State College. And today, Michael is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can learn from the best practices of Apple, lessons you can apply to your product business from one of the biggest product companies of all time. Michael, welcome to the show. Man, Kevin, it is great to be with you. You are uh... I know we've worked hard to get this together, but you are a rock star, and I am so happy to be talking with you today. Just, oh, thank I'm you, excited. Thank you. That, that means a lot coming from you. It's actually very humbly coming from you, um, you know, because I think we're very excited to you know, dig into the depths of it, understand everything that you know, has happened in your past and bringing it forward. And uh, just noticing in the background, it looks like you're in a different space than last we chatted. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I am. I, um, I've returned to Florida, which is my native home. Um, I'm an executive vice president uh, for strategic initiatives at Indian River State College. So um, I'm in higher ed, um, have uh, 14,000 plus minds to impact. And, um, you know, as I finish out my doctoral program, uh, you know, I'm looking at some point in life to transition into teaching and into entrepreneurship. And to, uh, one, of, one of the important things, it's kind of funny, uh, somebody said once, never leave the planet without giving your knowledge back. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to do that. And um, this is, this is, this is my humble abode here at the college and um, trying to make it a little homey, but uh, it is, it, 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 it's very enjoyable. And it's great to be at the number one college in the U.S. from the Aspen Award winner 2019. So, you know, it's, it's a rock star little place and we're trying to make some things happen here. Just when I thought you couldn't tack any more life accomplishments onto your works. <laughs> well, I've been, you know, I, you know, my history in Apple, uh, I started when I left the music industry um, and wanted to get a real life, if you will. And not that music isn't a real <laughs> life, but I was not a superstar, right? And I'm a drummer. So uh, drummers are, um, well, there are plenty of drummer jokes. We'll leave it at that. And I, um, you know, joining Apple, it was, it was kind of, a rock star move, if you will. And, and they put me in higher education and I've been in higher education uh, my entire professional life, which is interesting because I, I've gotten both the research component, uh, watched how that happened, how people do research and then how people do things, uh, physical things. So it's kind of for design, it's kind of interesting. I've worked with amazing designers who do conceptual research on, on people flow and then physical designers who do things. So 
I've had an I've had occasion to look at both. But as you know, and we've talked about, I, I love the physicality of products. I'm, 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 I am a product guy. I've represented products both at Apple and, and Little Bits and other places that I was in startup land. So I, there is something about touching something and using it as a physical device. I, I hear you there. So, and, and you've got the book as well? I do. Uh, behind me over my shoulder somewhere. Um, yeah, live from Cupertino. Live from Cupertino uh, uh, is is ranked a bestseller, and I um, it's been out about a year. Still get all kind of interesting responses from it in the sense that people who are non salespeople read it and go, "Wow, I didn't think of this." People who are salespeople, I'll tell you, it's not uh, it's not a tell all, but it's kind of my journey uh, through my years at Apple and some of the the magic that that you can incorporate into your into your products, into your messaging, into your, hey, life. I mean, uh, it's dedicated to my lovely wife of 30 plus years. And um, it's, it's. I'll leave a kind of the book summarize easily for me. I thought I had something to say. So I thought I'd write a book. I had to write a book to figure out what I want to say. It's definitely a different process. Definitely a different <laughs> process. So it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's prob- probably like, uh, like other processes, but for me, it was just it was just different in that it context when you try to contextualize in words, and you know that's kind of funny thing uh, about words. Two words that saved Apple. People don't realize two words think different. And that was the major yeah. first campaign when Steve returned, and you think about that. Um, that's just two words, and you know that that was. Outside of the products, that was that key in managing message. So I know we're going to talk about some of those things, but uh, that's just something that that writing the book really made you think different because you had to convey these ideas. So well, yeah, that, it was it was fun, and that's a great segue. Um, you know, let let's t- let's dive into that a bit further. Go back to your your history at Apple, um, okay. and and you know how, the most interesting thing. I think you know we're talking hardware startups. It's our listener sure. base is all hardware startups. And you and I talked about some of the messages that we can derive, not just from Apple, but Michael, from you as being kind of in the trenches, you know, being in the, in those, you know, war rooms and the meeting rooms, seeing how Apple was, and you were there for, for almost 20 years, right? So you 22. saw 22, 22 years. don't cut me, don't cut my two years now. <laughs> and, and what was the exact span of those, those years? So I was there from 1988 to 2010. Wow. What a ride. And so I was through the entire I series. Uh, I was through, well, let's back up. I was on the conversion from Motorola to Intel, which Apple is going through that in a hardware phase right now with changing to the M1 chip. I was there for the OS changes. So the software changes on the hardware platform. I was there for the quick take camera when it was who would ever use a digital camera? I mean, we have to use SLRs. Right. I was there for the first iPod. I was there for the first iPhone. I was there for the first iPad. I mean, so I've seen this transition um, and invention of the things, physical things that are Apple. And and I'll tell you, the and I have an original iPod um, <laughs> on the back of it is to the education team because we received them from Steve. And. I treasure it. And I took it out just the other day 
And now, granted, I'm a touchscreen user. Here's an i, you know, an iPhone uh, 12 Pro and all, and I'm comfortable. And <laughs> it's funny, my touched the the uh, digital display, the display in my new car, and it's like it didn't work. And I'm like, they have a knob, and I'm so, so you know, I'm 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 already moved. I have 12 year old niece. She's doing the same thing. So, but I took out the iPod, and I put my finger on that wheel. And I rotated that wheel around. <laughs> iPod still work. Um, and I, I was thinking, Steve said that that human interface was key to making products successful. And he was right, because there was nothing between you and the hardware. You were, and I don't want to get metaphysical, but you were one with the hardware. Right. And that control and that connection. No one had ever done that before. So hardware startups, there are the, they're definitely the next iPod wheel startups out there. They just haven't been discovered yet. Absolutely. Now you couple that, you couple that with our masterful messaging and the feedback loop that we took for that hardware to make the next version, the next version kind of had the minimum. That was, that was a great product, but it was today's sense very minimalist but it was the minimum viable what we had at that point out into the marketplace feedback newer one color display the little display feedback loop back you know and and you get this moving properly and you end up with the latest latest and greatest in, in iphone technology absolutely, absolutely. You know, but it all it starts was, somewhere so let, let's unpack that a bit Okay, sure. From your your lessons and, and going through, you know, many firsts that that changed the world for Apple, mm -hmm. for you being kind of on, on the inside of that all taking place, what lessons would you pass down to the next generation of startups in, in the hardware space that are working on their um next product and are looking yeah. to to change the world uh, just like you saw done at Absolutely. Apple? Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's some there's some simple but very difficult to do things. Um, we talked about minimum viable product, MVP. The focus on that, on, on getting that out, um, the limiting, and this is something hardware folks, they want to have every feature on <laughs> yes. it. Yeah. You can't. It's impossible. So do the, do this, the things that you do, do them well and limit them because you will grow through places and go to places with the hardware that you didn't think you, no one th you thought you would put all textbooks, ability to put textbooks on an iPod because it was a music player. Nobody thought today it's here. Granted, and I, and I view the iPhone as an iPod. I mean, that's what Steve said. Hey, you're getting an iPod, you're getting a phone and you're getting a web browser all in one, right? right. So that minimum viable product limit your feature set right and and i think critical for startups even the ones i was involved in um we had a little bit of trying to be everything to everybody doesn't work right this is doesn't incredible work. really incredible because this is coming from apple at yeah. this point in, at that point in time they were they were a large not nearly to what they are today but they were a big company and even yeah, then, absolutely even as with with the essentially infinite resources that they had 
right. um, and infinite reach, they still, at the biggest levels, were focusing on that that concept of minimum viable product or, or a high degree of focus. And we talk about that a lot on the show uh, okay. when it pertains to start, uh, startups, but it's, it's not just startups. If the best in the world are following this model, then absolutely, without question, a startup should also follow that model of launching their first or, or you know, next edition or whatever of that yeah, product, right? Focus, clearly. focus, focus. Focus, focus, focus. And, and I just, just a, a short little story on the return of Steve to the organization was there, 90s, right? 40 plus machines in the uh, product lineup, all kind of configs and you know, trying to be everything to everybody. I was in the room. When he said, we're going to do four things to professional, to consumer. That was it. Wow. And, and that was the birth of the all-in-one iMac. Then the lampshade iMac and all the colored iMacs. And, and I'll never forget a, the president of the University of Florida with the orange iMac on his desk that I was talking to him about. He looked at me and he said, Michael, that's Tennessee orange, not gator orange. That was a problem I guess I couldn't get around. <laughs> but the, in there is a story. I mean, we had that full line of colored IMAX. And you know, we couldn't, we, we never knew which, which color was selling better. There was another issue that we collapsed that down into a single colored IMAX, you know, because there was too much variety there. So we weren't without fault. Uh, we weren't without mistake. Uh, the Newton <laughs> um, was a product, your audience probably have never heard of the Newton. Google it. It was the first in, you know, in voice recognition that didn't work well. So there, there were definitely stumbles, uh, but I watched over the years that iterative process and how we how we absorbed from the marketplace things that didn't work right. iTunes was birth on the Macintosh. It was not a Windows app, and it was tested and worked over and worked over, and then it was released into a larger audience. So, you know, for hardware folks, if you have a subset group of crazies who love you, stick with them because they'll want to be in that process. They'll give you the feedback that you can then go because a mass market snafu is tough to get back from. Very good point. There's a lot that you just mentioned there, right? The feedback <laughs> loop, the keeping it niche, having a loyal kind of small customer demographic. And something that I derive from what you're saying as well is even though Mac was trying to be everywhere and trying to be a mass market product, they still found that by keeping the product focused would give them better sales in the end. One of the biggest Absolutely. complaints that I hear about focus when I'm dealing with an entrepreneur, and this happens on a regular basis, you know, we design products for startups. That's all we do. So as we're designing, developing, prototyping, getting them to production, multiple times throughout that process, we get, you know, oh, it needs to be, you know, we need to have, we need to make sure it's for two sizes for different yeah. demographics. Exactly. Well, is it forward compatible? Like, let's add some features. Well, how about we make this kind of collapsible or whatever else? And they start tacking on and tacking on and tacking on features, which increase the development costs, increase the difficulty to getting to production, increase the amount of you know defects and so on. I mean, the, the list goes on of, of potential problems, but always the reason that they're doing that is they basically say this one thing. Well, I'm going to lose if I don't do this in two different hmm. sizes. You're going to lose some market. I'm going to lose massive market share. Yeah. And here's Apple 
right? Yes. Leading the world in, in, in many ways, in many different technologies, still simplifying it, even though they want to hit the mass market. That's what's really yeah. interesting about it, right? Yeah, I think that mass market came and, and came with the adopt with, with the fact that the product really ended up being amazingly focused and good. Right. And let me just just completely flip side here in higher education. My my president is a, a masterful, brilliant researcher with a business background, and he's even specializing us. So although we're a horizontal institution, you can get multiple degrees. We have programs of distinction. We have verticals that we are specialists in, and we have the best credentialing, the best faculty in these programs. So we're even evolving from this everything to everybody to if you want to get that, you should go to Indian River. And that's proving to be different in higher ed. But it's it. We have product. It's called learning. Now, is it a physical? Right now, it's not a physical product because of this pandemic. But right. normally, it is. But this is this area of specialization. I call them verticals. I mean, this you, horizontal trying to be everything to everybody just doesn't work. And Steve said it best. And I was there again when he said it. He says we are not an enterprise company. We're not going to try and fight for Windows desktops to do um, whatever. We are a specialty in the creative world. And that's where the products, the original Mac sat. And even today, it feels, it's a machine that gets out of your way so you can create. You're not running the computer, right? You're using a mental bicycle to go faster. So for most people, you're right. They try to be everything to everybody. And I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that does not work. It does not work. And even today, the iPhone isn't for everybody. But there are a lot of people. I love it. I completely agree. So let's say you've, you've nailed your niche, right? You've got that very specific product and you are focusing on a very tight demographic, which by the way, you know, that nowadays, I think the new adage we've heard it on the show quite a few times and now we're hearing it from you know executive at apple the tighter the niche the more sales you're going to make so why add pain points to make less sales right keep it clean so now let's assume you know we've got the product um we're, we're focusing on the niche focusing on the next demographic i've heard you talk a lot about managing your message um what does that involve now that we're kind of focused on the product development? We've got a great idea. It's great hardware concept. We're building it. Now we want to start messaging it. What can they do in terms of best practices um, as a hardware startup? So this is something that that I wrestle with every day, even with enrollment in students. Um, it, we're in a in a in a multi-second world um, for for if you will catch and managing your message is really the discipline to focus in on key things that and that I wouldn't know, you would know as, as the inventors and such of the hardware, that tingle the marketplace, the, that have voice to the marketplace. Um, give you an example for here, uh, 91% uh, a tag we worked on, 91% of our students leave with no debt, boom right there that's the total there's no other disc there's no other discussion 
And what is in there? Hey, I'm a student. I heard about this debt thing. I don't want a lot of it. I could be one of those 91 percenters focused on that message. And then we repeat that over in all of our communications. It's tight. Um, We just went through where the presentation uh, template was managed. So we said, having raised some dollars in the in the startup world, you know, the the message to the investors is the same format, feel, look, everything. Apple-esque, if you will. So, you know, your managing of your messages, um, I've, I've always believed and I've seen some research to prove you know, more than three bullet points. It's you're 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 done. You know, if your entire presentation looks like a PDF, then send it as a PDF and go and go to some <laughs> other format. Right. Um, I did a I did a, 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 a some work with um, a grant uh, that um, uh, the principal investigator sent me a 36 page uh, single spaced uh, description of why they needed the money. Um, I got it down to two slides and six bullets, $5 million later. So everybody is swamped and the messages have to be clean, crisp. And sometimes, well, let's say most of the time, less is more. Yeah, and I've seen a common a whole, theme here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and I've, I've written a whole chapter on this and delivery and everything. Uh, the Jesuits, which I'm a product of, I believe in eloquencia, eloquencia perfecta, which is know what to say, know how to say it, say it well. And I summarize that in my years of living in New York, in the city, is people go, what's your elevator pitch? It's real simple. I want to know who's in the elevator first. So <laughs> it. it and all of this comes to maybe some stylistic things. You have to, you can't be flat faced in, in delivery. You've got to be animated. And I'm sure, uh, you know, founders are, they're in love. But you have to tone that with your audience in that you're in love with it, but they're on the consuming end of it. You know, what are you telling me and succinctly telling me and tell them? Tell them what you told them and tell them again. Yeah, you know how that all that works. Now that's more presentation style, but you asked directly about message. Message has to be focused. And if it's a physical product that plugs into a refrigerator to do this or that, you know, where's the value proposition? Mine at Apple was always the creative tool gets out of your way. You know, those kind of things that creatives, they want to just create. It's a value proposition in the iPhone. You know, they out-of-box experience of an iPhone is a value proposition right there. So I'm all about tight messaging. Um, Could I have written a 500-page book? No. (laughs) No. Um, But, you know, I have this. It's funny. They they want the seven easy points to success. They're in the book, but they're called the seven excruciatingly difficult things to do for success. Because they aren't. This isn't. Managing your message is not easy, um, but it's a critical piece of the hyper-communication world we live in right now. And, and increasingly growing, right? I mean, as yeah. you've seen yeah. it from the, from the early days, right? The messaging needs to get, you mentioned the word succinct, right? It yeah. needs to get more succinct year 
after year after year, crisper, faster, more direct, hit the heart, right? right. It, it, what's that one sentence that will just, like you mentioned it, you're 91%, you captivate right. somebody in one sentence. And then if they're interested, we go they'll deeper. lean into more, inf- they'll go deep. Absolutely. You don't Absolutely. need to go in for them. And, and that's, you know, you say something right there, which is really important. You don't have to go deep for them. What you have to do if you're trying to get engagement and then let them go through, particularly in the web, let them navigate through your story how they want. And there's a lot of tools to do those kind of things. Remember, two words, think different. And ironically, in the higher education market I was, I got a lot of English professors who said, it's think differently. It's an adverb. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I, yeah, so, but even that, um, you know, there's an old uh, phrase, there's no bad publicity except your obituary. And sometimes that can be good. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it really was, it captured the momentum, the zeitgeist of the moment, uh, you know, as opposed to 1984, these Automat, uh, you know these, the, 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 this IBM white tie or excuse me, color tie white shirt. You can tell I was not, <laughs> did not wear that. Um, and and this and think different and and look at the people who have and and the postering from that. So I'm I am I think if you told me, Michael, you have resources to manage this or message, no matter what it was, I would. I would put re- resources towards manage message yeah, because it, it clean, is so sharp. important. And, and why complicate right. it, right? Again, it's like the product, like the messaging. There's really this common theme of, of a very detailed level of focus on a very powerful pain point and really only that pain point. You don't need to go and into te- all the features and bells and whistles of your hardware product. And technology sellers do that. They, they love to tell you all of the acronyms. And, you know, another TLA, three-letter acronym, yes, there's a place that that you need that to understand if it fits into the ecosystem. I get that. But that's not our first call, I hope. You know, it's not, um, it isn't the best thing on our first date. So. Right, right. So yeah, I've got to know um, from your experience, you, you've kind of seen such a wild ride with Apple. You've been you're doing all this with education and the book and all of that. What do you see for hardware in the future? What do you see for hardware startups over the next 20 years, right? Like what is the future for our industry look like? So I'm going to be right up front with everybody and tell you that I'm in always have loved and am still in love with hardware. There is nothing. It is the ultimate interface to the real world. And I don't care if it's a widget that plugs into a what, it plugs into a this, and you never see it, doesn't matter. Hardware is the lifeblood of technology. No disrespect to software. Software runs on top of hardware. Um, But you look at, you just look with IoT and look down, the the opportunities for things to connect many of these things most of these things 
will not connect physically without hardware. So there is, um, there's lots of room for expansion. Uh, there's lots of room for creativity. There's lots of room for um, self-contained hardware, you know, that isn't running around looking for a firmware update every day. You know, it, it's just, it's, it just runs and does its thing. And sometimes, you know, the basic things are where the real gold mines are. Maybe it's a simple interface. Uh, I just bought a, a, a new um, blinky light for, uh, for when I run in the morning in the dark. So I don't particularly want to be run over. Um, and I, I went through all of them, searched and searched. And there was this amazing one with a great hardware, had a great interface. The button was where it was supposed to be. It was bright. And you know what? It didn't use any proprietary batteries. It used the what, double A's or triple A's. I think triple A's. Um, haven't put batteries in it yet. And um, it, it was just, it was just good. So I think that hardware is, uh, um, there is, I'll just go out on a limb here. There is no future without hardware. I like it. I'm sure this is, you know, for everybody that's, that's listening and we're all in the hardware space together. I mean, it's, it's great to hear um, from you. It's something that I look forward to when I, you know, I look at the futures. I believe, you know, and half the products we design are, have no electronics in them at all. And the other mm -hmm. half have either some electronics or more complicated electronics, right? Depending on the invention or the gadget or whatever else. But something, a, a big trend that I see, especially in hardware, you know, more specifically is, and, and, and it, it comes to top of mind because of something you said, it's kind of that, that integration piece between human nature and software. And there's something in the middle, which is hardware, which connects all of that together. And I believe that, you know, in the next, whatever we want to call it, 10, 20, 30 years, everything that you see around you will have some sort of connected integration, right? It's I, almost like the I next agree. evolution of, it's like the next industrial revolution, whatever you want to call it, right? It's like the connected tech revolution. We already are seeing it in things like obviously the Nest thermostat and whatever else. I mean, we made the GoFish underwater fishing camera connects with our phone, can watch it real time, replay the videos, watch a fish, fish bite your lure. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, this is the starting point. All these kind right. of the most obvious big products are getting connected. But I believe that over the next few years, that's going to trickle down to literally everything. I mean, the chair that you're sitting on right now may tell you when it needs a replacement seat or when your posture is incorrect. I mean, you know, they already have the parts of that, right? Or very, very simple things. Maybe your coffee cup tells you how many times you took a sip or if it's too hot or if there's a, uh, you know, the, 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 the material is about to break down or where to buy that replacement part, whatever it's going to be. Um, the future is kind of connecting all that stuff. So that's why it really excites it, me. It, it resonates when you mention that connection piece. It is. And, and you know, um, now I don't know Johnny Ive, um, that uh, wasn't in my in kind of my wheelhouse at Apple, but his industrial design, um, I think, coupled with Steve's vision of what could be, and that that marriage, and and Tim Cook too, with his brilliant operational uh, abilities, keeping the trains on time uh, at Apple and such. You know, there's a lot to the physical world 
besides just electronic hardware. The, the chair, it's funny you say the chair because I, I had the chair replaced because the chair prior to this was not pleasant. So, you know, the industrial design of things, whether they take batteries or plug into the wall, um, we're all much more sensitive to that. We all are. My 12-year-old niece knows when things come together better for her in the physical world. Right. And everybody. So whether it's things, whether it's a br- you know a, a, a brush, a hairbrush that has rounded edges because it fits better in your hand, or whether it is the 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 uh, two LED bright light thing I'm wearing now. So you know the the rest of the folks don't run me over with their cars. Um, <laughs> And that was a close call. <laughs> so I ordered there. those pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I feel sorry for the bikers, <laughs> the bike riders, not, not, not motorcycles, but the bike guys. Wow. Anyway, you know, it's, it's, look, design is far more than just uh, the curtain or the blinds as people. You know, design is all around us. And if it's done right, it doesn't even feel like design, it just works. That's what I'm proud to say. It's been part of Apple things, not everything, but but we had more hits than than uh, misses. <laughs> yes, and, uh, absolutely. It's just you know, it's good as a, as a musician. It's good music. You know, you just know when it feels right. We would call that in the vibe, and um, we, you know, that uh, music is is the underpinning of the book. It shows you how we were a jam band and went on to being a formulaic band. Nothing wrong with pumping out hits, you know, God lover. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, it's just, in some ways, design is that you, what you do, what you've shown people how to do is some of the, it, it's some of the most difficult things to do. It seems simple, but man, it's hard. But when you get it right, you're back to really great and simple. Yeah, it, it changes everything. So that you know, that's it's very motivational. I must say, um, you know, I get tingly just thinking about some of the things <laughs> you're saying here. I got to ask you one kind of follow up sure. question to this, um, based on where you see things going. How do you see kind of startups, small innovators, that sort of thing, playing into the future of of all of this? Because I know, oh, every, you know, looking at it, you, you've seen it from the, from from both sides, right? You've been in the biggest company, biggest, arguably, you know, the biggest kind of design company in the world. You've also worked with startups and right. you're in the higher education space. So right. what do you see? You know, we talk about this kind of like future of hardware. How do the small folks fit into it? I'm, I'm very biased to this. So I'm curious to hear it from your perspective on, on what you see in terms of, you know, uh, the the smaller Smaller innovators, you know, the inventors, the small startup businesses, the the venture funded companies, the you know the 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 non big corporate uh, um, uh, development uh, houses, right? What, what do you see as a future for them? Well, that's where it's all happening. Um, well, let's okay. go back to 1979, 1980. Uh, two guys in a garage in San Jose, Cupertino, California. That was Apple's beginning. I joined right. what nine nine years or so into it into the into go goes. Um, you know, <laughs> there's nothing. Lots of things happen in small, and you sometimes the the you know there's a thing in industry now called entrepreneurship, 
right? So it's to change the practices, uh, take entrepreneurship inside and to change the practices and look towards it. And the industry is, is feeling the pain that it, it, it doesn't innovate. And the innovation comes from, I wrote in the book, come, many of my great ideas came from showers, my own shower, of course, but shower <laughs> ideas. Um, singularly in the shower too. Let's just be clear on that, Lisa. <laughs> um, but uh, you know that where your mind is relaxed and these and you fire synapses that come together differently, and you go, "This is the way we should be doing this." So, to your point, it's all about we are in the greatest individual, small, two-person, three-person time ever, ever. Wow. Because you couldn't build the pyramids uh, with one or two folk. You needed huge masses of people. Um, you could build a digital pyramid with a person. So you think about that. Um, get out there. Innovate. Try. Um, you, there are plenty of uh, platforms, technical platforms to get on, to, to work through products. You know, we at, when I was at Little Bits... Um, we were in a very cooperative building with common spaces where people got in there and exchanged ideas. And we were a hardware company. And there was, a, you know, a, a, a geez, there was a, a bra company, uh, ladies bras. There was all kind of, you know, all kind of different things. And we were in there and we were swapping ideas and, and oh, get into one of these uh, uh, clubs, if you will, get into a, a, a maker space, get out there and, and, Hey, you know what, get to the 3d printer and make one, try it. Um, they're making, we're making part, we're talking about making parts for, for luxury yachts here out of our college. So that the parts that you can't find and can't be replaced, right. You have to make it. So there are all kind of incredible tools. Uh, get to your local, if you're near a local college, a local community college, you know, they've got maker spaces. I had a student bring me a, an idea that's already, they've got one fabbed already, an 18-year-old student. And they were asking me for some marketing advice. It was a brilliant little idea. And they made it in a 3D printer and got it to work and showed it to somebody in industry who showed it to somebody in, in, in the dollar brokerage. And, you know, that's how things happen. I'll give them credit. They had their story down. We worked on it a little more, fine-tuned it. But um, they're just what I read in with The Economist of $1.2 trillion of float in the marketplace. There's money to be gotten. Uh, Absolutely. And, and there's there's no question about it. And all I can say to that is, uh, and please, your pitch. And if I hear that word more and more time, it's not a, there, there aren't pitches. Okay. You're trying to take someone on a mental journey. And at the end of the journey, conveniently, they're your products. So this, this old school idea of pitch, you want to take people on a story, take them on a journey. And conveniently at the end are their products. Well, storytelling is great marketing, right? I no, mean, that, it, is, that it, is the it, key. It's masterful. I'll say one thing, one last thing, kind of what, what Steve said, and which is always, always cute. Um, you know, we were going to change the world one person at a time. That was our mantra. When I joined and for all the way up and through the late 90s, we were going to change the person, uh, change the world one person at a time. And Steve was at a meeting that we were at. He was talking. Somebody brought that up. Says, you know, we, we used to be about change the world one person at a time. 
why did we drop that? And he said, well, we found out changing them in groups is, is better. <laughs> big so, groups of that, right? Yeah, yeah, big groups, that is. So get out there. Uh, um, yeah, there's more chance, more places, more things to support innovation now than ever. Um, Absolutely. And, 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 you know, and fail. And I know that that valley idea of, you know, fail faster and all. You don't want to fail too often. But um, if you do your homework, you know, you limit those failures because you're really trying to ultimately manage your most important resource, your most important resource, which is time, because that one you can't get back. Uh, You can get more money. You can get better looks. If you have a lot of money, you can get great looks, uh, but you can't get time back. So (laughs) keep that in mind when you're doing these things. Time, time is. Is, is this the most important thing I can be doing right now? Well, and that, and that comes and, back and talking to, focus, to you right? is and talking to you is how's that? Hey, I appreciate that, Michael. But it, it, you know, I like how that, you know, it's kind of brought that full circle at the very end, coming back to the, uh, essentially the concept of focus. And, you know, the very last thing you talked about here um, before we part ways is, is time. The more focused you are on your product, on your messaging, on your sales, or at least your, your demographic, who you're going after. Your market essentially. Yeah. Um, All the more time you have to focus on doing a great job at those at those things, we're hearing it here. The biggest companies in the world are doing it, and it's also working for startups. So you know it's clear to keep that focus and that hard. You know it's a great time for hardware as well. I love what you say about that. It's music my ears. Hardware, obviously. I mean, all we do is product development for startups, right? So for me, it's very exciting when we hear um, kind of that outlook, especially from you who's who's been on both sides of the coin because what i'm seeing is you know you look over the last 10 years there's a hundred times more incubators now than there were 10 to 15 years ago for both not not just student incubators but just general entrepreneurship incubators maker spaces etc right and that yeah. that's huge you, you mentioned that you know join a club join a maker space or at least just go online and find information which if you're listening to this podcast you're already on that on that ship so yep. Um, but I even think of resources like internally as a firm. When we started, you know, we had 20 articles out there to help people. Now we have 950 blog articles on a ton of different topics, on a ton of different products. And that's not even what we we offer. We do product design, but this is just additional resources out there helping startups. And that, you know, not just our own company at Macro Design, but this is everywhere across the board. Innovation is being supported by the community. And big corporations, what I'm seeing is they're investing far less in R&D and far more in acquisition. Yeah. So they're waiting for you to come up with that idea and to solve Indeed. that pain point, to get some units out to market, to maybe fail and then figure out those elements, you know, iterative design to the point where you really nailed it. Then they're buying you out. I would say most of our clients, well, actually, uh, without question, most, if most of our clients that even get to the six-figure sales mark, get acquired. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't you don't have to, but it's just because the the offering has become so good, those partnerships or whatever else are becoming so good that it, it's much easier for a company that, like you said, that has that bureaucracy, doesn't have that as you coined it, entrepreneurship, that they're relying on the innovators of tomorrow to do that and to be there. 
So, um, Michael, so your words are so much, encouraging. so much out there for that. Let me just leave you with this as kind of a summation. And, and I think it really comes to all the pieces we talked about. Incidentally, you guys, I've really I've looked around and you guys are a rock star design firm. I mean, if there's anybody that's Apple-esque, I've seen some of your work and I, I got to give you a props. <laughs> you, you guys, no, you, seriously, you know, you know, you know your game. Um, someone asked Steve once in a meeting, said, what are you most proud of? And he said, the things I said no to. And they said, why? He says, because it left me more time for the things I said yes to. Keep that in mind, Amazing. ladies and gentlemen. You've got to, you get, and that's an art. And sometimes having a firm like yourself who's been through that can help you get clarity. So, um, hey, I this has been, I've had a lot of interviews, as you can imagine, for the book. Um, and uh, this was one that, um, that is, it was, it was just nice to talk with, with you and your audience. Um, one about hardware because I love it. And two uh, about the, the simple, but very difficult things to do to be a success with this. So, well, hey, I think I speak it, it's for been everyone. real. It's been fun. Thank you. And, and I, I really thanks a lot for that. Uh, it's very meaningful words. It uh, you know, definitely touches the heart. And I think I would speak for everybody here when I say, um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to have you uh, on your show sharing these insights. Um, Michael, what, what can we do for you? Or, or, like, at least actually at a minimum, how, how, what's the title of the book? How do we find the book um, if we're interested okay. in, in learning more? Sure. So it's live from Cupertino. It's on Amazon. Um, all you have to do is Google live from Cooper. Matter of fact, now because of hits, it's you're just live from Cupertino and it goes right to it. But it's on Amazon. And um, I'm personally blog at hagelo.com, hagelo, H-A-G-E-L-O-H.com. Um, and you people want to talk with me one-on-one -on -one or want to just send me any kind of a question, I'm pretty good about answering everything. And I'm just Michael at hagelo.com. Um, so, and if you're down in, you know, Indian River, South Florida, on the Treasure Coast, come on by Indian River State College and, uh, you know, walk around and go back in time if you're already graduated and see what the youth of America is and come see our student center. And we're doing some interesting things in solar and lots of fun stuff. So uh, you're more than welcome to come by and see us. Michael, thanks so much. Uh, very much appreciate uh, you being on the show, sharing all these insights, the wisdom, the stories. Uh, thanks, Ann. We'll have to have you back on the show if, if you're willing to uh, give us a few minutes another day. And uh, you know, with that, uh, we'll wrap up the episode. Thank you. Yeah, peace, peace and love. Bye. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end -end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to macodesign.com that's m-a-k-o design.com for a free consultation from one of maco designs for design studios from coast to coast thanks for listening and see you next time